Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I've just thought because, you know, I, I don't have an MBA and I don't have that university background that I've just been mean to myself about that. And I think as women, a lot of us are, you know, We've got a friend that doesn't think she, she has the MBA and she's very, very successful. She doesn't think that she's good enough because she hasn't had children, you know? You're listening to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. Yippee skippy, it's my lucky day to have Buds and Beads here with us at Short Black. What's Buds and Beads, you ask? Well... We have Joe Thomas and Karina Barry to explain. Please do. You go, Joe. I'll go first. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Buds and Beads, wow, was born out of love and friendship, I think, first and foremost. Um, that makes me emotional and we've only just started. <laughs> well, you're good friends. That's the background, isn't it? Yeah. So we've been friends for 30 years. Yep. And we've shared many cups of teas over that time and many glasses of wine. And I think we've got to a point in our lives where we were looking for something new and a new direction and something that had purpose. So what we should explain then is Buds and Beads is really sparkling tea. Yes. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Well, as Joe said, we were looking for something with purpose, but we went through COVID, felt like drinking was probably not the way to go. A lot of mates did. They went that way. But for me personally, I knew that to be sane through that period and for my mental health that drinking was probably not the way to go and it frustrated both of us that there wasn't anything out there without sugar. I had the good fortune of tasting your sparkling tea and I thought I'll be nice here all right I'll give it a try. Look like champagne, smells like champagne, tastes as good but isn't champagne <laughs> and it's an Australian first. Yeah it is. Wow how's it going? It's going really well. So the name kind of came out of, you know, we researched and we had a whole lot of people advise us and we used this amazing company that um, actually did come up with the name in the end. But it's buds as in buds of the tea and beads as in the beads just like champagne. So that's where buds and beads came out. But it's also a bit of a play on birds and beads and a bit of fun. You launched in September 22 and you've got 17 leaf teas and three sparkling teas currently available in 750 ml bottles. Why that size and why so many varieties? I think for us it was about having something to celebrate coming out off the back of COVID and also when we drink, we drink a bottle, we don't drink half a bottle or a, you know, a glass of something. It's, it's a bottle because we like to do it with community and with our friends and family and loved ones. So the 750 mil made sense to us. We also wanted to present a beautiful product in itself or a beautiful beverage in a beautiful bottle with beautiful packaging so that you could feel really proud walking into a room 
or taking it along to an occasion with friends, with family, and feel as though, or take away the stigma that we have sometimes around not drinking alcohol. My husband's really in love with the zero beers world. And, and he used to tell me, you know, again, there was quite the stigma. If you didn't feel like a drink, it was obvious people, you know, whether it's just an Aussie thing. And you just want to hold something that looks like you're drinking, whether you're drinking or not, it should be up to you. What I loved about the sparkling tea is it looks like champagne. No one would know. Yeah, it's a natural product. So it has that beautiful bead, hence the name Buds and Beads. So we were really conscious that it needed to look pretty sexy in the glass so that it took away that stigma of people coming up to you and saying, what are you drinking? Are you drinking a soft drink? Are you not drinking alcohol today? And, you know, it's really unfortunate, but the Australian culture and, you know, is hinged on you got to have a drink when you catch up with a mate. And I think that is now, and, and proof is in the pudding, because the growth market in the low and no alcohol industry, is, it's been 11, it was 11% in, in 2022 and it continues to grow. You're right, there is a bit of a stigma attached to not joining in and being seen to have a drink. And you guys have presented a really great solution. Is the appeal mainly for women or are you finding men taking it up as well? I think it's both, but we have very much targeted at my daughter's generation, my generation, my mother's generation, because each of those like a different flavour that we've produced. So, you know, for my daughter, she absolutely loves silver needles and she'll go to a party with friends and they'll do champagne and a lot of fun and everything. And then she'll switch to buds and beads at the end of the night so that she kind of keeps tidy and she can get home. And so, you know, you still feel like you're being fabulous. I mean, I, I did it last night when we, we had a really lovely dinner and beautiful wine and everything. And at the end, I ordered ginger rose by the glass. So no caffeine and really, you know, full of antioxidants and ginger and... How fussy are you about the ingredients? Super. We have relationships with all of the farms that we buy from. So, you know, a lot of them are organic. Those people are looked after. It's very sustainable. And it's important to us. You know, it's important that, can I say, for Joe and I to be doing this as best friends at this time in our lives. And, you know, we've been working in corporate and, and male-dominated industries. And it's really nice to be doing things that make us feel good. And a lot of our decisions have been based on intuition, you know. So say when, when the label came up and, and I said, how do you feel, Joe?" And she said, how do you feel? And if she felt that it wasn't quite right, well, I would never do it because, I don't know, we're at this age. Like, why would we bother sort of pushing a point if we don't love it? And it's the same with the farmers that supply us with tea and it's the same with the collaborations that we have with and it's a lot of women. It's mainly women that we've chosen to work with. You know, we've got some winemakers that have advised us and sommeliers that have advised us, but they're all women, aren't they? Oh, we're, we've, we've let, we're not anti-men. but no. No. We've let men in on occasion. Yeah, our husbands have our a husbands. tiny say. Yeah. Only, only when you ask nicely. That's right. But like, I look at your background and, uh, Joe, your background is in uh, marketing, but the wine and tourism industry. So you've got a long history there. And Karina, you and your husband own Bells at Kilcare. Yeah. So you went through the pandemic. You understand hospitality. Joe, you understand business and marketing. I mean, it's a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And it, look, it, for my side of it, it came about because we had a tea supplier at Bells and we have very strong relationships with our suppliers. And they're, they're important. And Mafalda, who had that tea company, was moving back to Portugal after the pandemic. 
And I was devastated because I said, you know, this is important. When you stay at Bell's, there's leaf tea in the rooms. And when you have breakfast, there's a huge tea selection. And, and that was at Mafalda's company. And so she said, well, why don't you buy it? And she did say, you know, I wouldn't, otherwise I'm going to shut it down because I care so much about it. I know that it would be in good hands. For me, I was very, very busy. And at that time, Joe was looking for something because she'd just been retrenched and was pretty devastated and sort of sick of the corporate world. So we said, well, this is an opportunity where, as I said before, we can play to our intuition. We can do what we want to do with this thing, but let's have some fun. And we knew there was a gap in the market. Let's talk about the market. Where are you sitting at the moment? I guess for us, it's very early days. What we're getting in terms of feedback from the market, as Karina alluded to beforehand, we have the younger generation that loves a certain style. And then, you know, you've got that mid-gen that are loving something else. And then Ginger Rose seems to work well with the older gen. I think it's something to everyone. And you talk about the male demographic. I think men can equally drink this as, as much as women, but I do think we're more female skewed. I think there is also an opportunity in an untapped audience around pregnancy and mums-to-be and nursing mothers. So that's something that we're exploring as well. And then as we move forward, Karina and I, are, we like to call ourselves entrepreneurial and, and quite creative. So we're already talking about what we want to do next. And, you know, we, we've got my background with the wine and tourism industry or wine industry in, in particular, we've got some winemaker friends that are really interested in what we're doing, which has blown our minds because the wine industry or people who love wine weren't really the people we, we were targeting because we thought they probably wouldn't understand our product because it is tea-based. However, we're getting this incredible feedback, positive feedback and support and love from, from that industry to the point where, you know, there's a local wine producers that want to look at some of their, um, what they would normally use as a, as a waste product and how do we reconstitute that and, and potentially make a product in the future with our teas. So that's the stuff that we're working on at the moment. And like I said, early days, but yeah, we, we've sort of gone for, for that higher end, I suppose. And we, we want our teas to be available to people who dine in restaurants. The online market is, is really important to us as well. You talked about Mafalda before and meeting her and, you know, not wanting to let her legacy die. Where was she sourcing her tea from? Where do you get your tea from? Well, all around the world. So Korea, China, Japan as well, and a lot of Australian as well. So, but yet mainly from, the, with actual leaf tea, we're getting it from... Across the globe. Yeah. We have a broker in Victoria that we work with very closely so that we make sure that we maintain the integrity of the tea and it's been sourced ethically, it's really important that we do that. With travel restrictions still in play, it's been really difficult for Karina and I to actually head overseas and meet the farmer personally and then, and then source like we would love to. But in the future, we're talking about a South Korean trip at the end of the year with our broker. And so that's a, a future thing. We've really taken Mafalda's legacy and what she started. Her and her husband did travel the globe to source direct to farmer for the leaf tea. I want you to flesh that out for me. You talk about ethically and sustainable processes, but what does that actually mean? Does it mean that you're actually looking after the farm worker? What we're really conscious of is that the, the money is going back into the community, those small communities. So the people who are farming the tea, and including the people who are picking the tea, 
that's taken back to the community and it's feeding families and, you know, keeping small business alive in those communities. So that's really important to us. So we tend not to source our teas from really large commercial producers. They're quite small. When we look at the blends, because you've got quite a range, were they already there or did they kind of make themselves known to you? They were there and there were even more. So Mafalda had a huge, I think there was 26 originally, and we sort of thought, wow, you know, for us to launch with 26 teas and three sparkling teas is a lot. So it was actually really hard to cull them out. And Mafalda was there with us because she sort of handed her business over to us over a period of six months. So it was like every week we would be going to tea school with Mafalda and we would sit there and have so much fun learning you know, from every variety and where it came from and the stories of those families. Yeah, but when we had to actually cull those, it was, it was hard for her to witness because she's going, but you've got to understand that this one would be great too. But, you know, the market doesn't understand that level of tea types either. So we've got a job in relation to education. I mean, Jo's just about to start learning to be a, a tea master. She's going to tea school, proper tea master. And she has a background in teaching in relation to wine because we have to teach people. We have to teach them how to make it beautifully, but also what it is, its provenance, and there's, there's a lot to it. It's not your typical kind of Earl Grey and an English breakfast. Well, what's the big mistake we all make when we make ourselves a cuppa? We overbrew it. Yeah. I think Do that's we? the big, yeah, we overbrew it. Uh, the use of tea bags is another thing that um, our business will never use tea bags. I think a leaf tea is the, the purest. You get the best out of your tea. It gets the best flavour, all those beautiful benefits. But overbrewing is the big thing and having your water too hot. So we took great care in making sure that every piece of packaging has instructions on how to brew a particular tea properly. And that's really important to us because we want people to get the best out of our product. Well, what are the intrinsic benefits of tea? Well, where do we start? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's sort of soul enriching just to sit there with a quiet, warm cup. I'm not a big tea drinker. I like herbal tea, so hopefully that'll be music to your ears. Yeah. But I don't like really hot drinks. I like it just kind of, you know, warm. Yeah. Well, I mean, green tea should be 80 degrees. I don't like green tea. Oh. <laughs> but you know why? Because probably whenever you've had it, mm -hmm. it's been almost ruined by boiling water. I think you're right. Yeah. Joe just did a blog on it recently. It can have a, like a seaweed type quality if it, if it is overbrewed or brewed at a really high temperature. If you brew it at around that 80 degrees, a, a good quality green tea, because we, we, we tasted yesterday a, a lesser quality green tea and compared it with ours and you go, oh, it's chalk and cheese. Mm. Like we were like, we don't want that product. We love what we've got in our Wujong, our Wujong slash Before Rain, because it's such a beautiful product. The problem with those really premium products that are like wine, they're expensive, but they're also quite hard to source. And if you have a wet year, which is not conducive to a particular tea, then your year of cultivation could be out the window. So we're always conscious of that and we're always um, looking for other alternates. However, integrity is really important to us in our product. Going back to the brewing, getting a, a premium leaf tea and brewing it correctly is integral to what you get out of it. 
the benefits, you could go on forever. Would it be antioxidants? All of those. Antioxidants are the, is the biggie with tea, with all tea. So I think what's really important to know is that it comes from the same plants. So it comes from a, the, the one plant, it's the way we treat it that it becomes either a black, a green or a white tea or a, a, whatever it might be. So the oxidation process, if it's hand rolled, and that oxidation process is also includes drying of the, the tea leaves. So the length of time that it goes through that process and also um, whether you're picking first buds or secondary buds will determine where that tea ends up, whether it be a white, green or black tea. Sounds to me like tea's pretty healthy. It's super healthy. But I was just listening to you say that. Can you get why, as wine people that have lived, you know, in hospitality, I mean, I, I lived in the Hunter Valley for 16 years and that's where Joe and I met. It's like wine. It's the same relationships with farmers. You know, if it hails or if it's too hot or whatever, it, 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 there's terroir in all of that. And so that's, I think, what became really exciting to us as well was that we could kind of go on this journey that was super healthy but ridiculously interesting and you never stop learning. But one would presume there's probably a bit of sugar in that. Should we be worried about that? What's that reality? No, so when we were, when we were doing our benchtop trials and having a lot of fun around that, we, we did get our sparkling tea to a point where we absolutely loved what we were getting in terms of structure and flavour profiles, but we, we knew that there was something missing in that middle palette. And that's when we brought our winemaker friend, Suzanne Little, in to help us with experimenting with some grape concentrate, so still a natural product, but just giving that little bit of sweetness in the middle palate. Tea is really astringent, as most of us already know. So we had to balance that astringency, and it was really important that the mouthfeel was beautiful as much as, you know, still showcasing those uh, tea qualities and flavours. However, that tiny bit of sugar, we can make claim to it being low sugar. So it's less than just under 10 grams in a 750ml bottle, which is really low compared to a lot of the other products that are sitting in the market at the moment. You're both within reach of the Hunter Valley and you're both well connected in that region. What's the take-up been like there to this product and, and what you're doing? Amazing. I feel like my mother was really our first major, major customer. And my, my family actually have a resort up there called the Hunter Resort. So, you know, they're, they're selling it there. But because Joe is so connected with that community as well, I mean, Bistro Molinaise, Muse, Winehouse... The list goes on. So they've been ridiculously supportive up there and excited for us as well. And they're also very parochial and they want to support a local product. So it's been great there. And, and on the Central Coast, it's walking out the door at Bells. And so we do a lot of baby moon, a lot of couples coming away, but we're also um, baby showers, people wanting to grab that great looking bottle. You know, there's one, the labels are really pretty. We sort of had Gucci in our head when we, <laughs> when we briefed the designer. And so, you know, they pick that up and they can take it to, you know, a fantastic event. And it looks amazing and pour it and it's pink and yum and safe and good for you. And yeah. I love the Gucci analogy because every time we go to do something creative, it's not Gucci or it is Gucci. <laughs> yeah. So we, like, we yeah. love making that comparison because it gives us a benchmark. Yeah. Yeah.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What I see oozing out of the two of you is this really warm, lovely friendship which goes back decades. But, you know, when two friends get together and go into business, it's never necessarily straightforward or easy. Have there been any rubs, any issues? Not really. I mean, I think we were very clear about that from the beginning. You know, to begin with, a lot of our big inspiring chats were in the National Park, the Budai National Park, just walking and talking. And and that's been really important for us that we kind of stay mentally healthy around all of this as well. Look, I've been in business, Joe has too, for long enough that if there's something, I'll put my hand up and say, hey, I want to talk about this. And there's so much trust between the two of us. So no, we we are very respectful, but I go back to that intuition, that kind of how do you feel? Not what do the numbers say, but how do you feel? Which is, it's a great privilege to be able to do that in a business. You know, I hate the cliche of don't go into business with your best friend or with friends. And I'm very conscious of that, but also Karina and I have this curiosity and I think that that helps us and a great deal of respect and we're very honest with each other and sometimes it's hard it's hard when Corinne is honest with me but I've also done a lot of work and had to really find it within myself to not take that on board too much and see it for what it is not always take everything personally that's right and so this whole business for us I'm grateful every day because it's giving me more tools than I would ever have imagined being in the corporate world. Well, let's talk about when you were in the corporate world. I think Karina mentioned earlier you were made redundant and that was a pretty significant setback, and it is for anybody, I'm sure. This has been quite a serendipitous discovery for you both, hasn't it? Absolutely. For me, it was everything and more that I've always wanted. I think that you know, having a real purpose and something that gets you out of bed every day is really important. And I, I didn't really have that over a 10-year period. I worked with some great people, great mentors, and I'm grateful for that. But it wasn't really what I wanted for the rest of my life. Just goes to show you, though, doesn't it? Sometimes those bitter body blows that knock you for six cause you to pause for a minute and then... The universe opens up and another opportunity comes along. You just have to be open to it, don't you? Yeah, and you look, I wasn't in the beginning. I actually rang Corinna and said, who's the lady with the candle business? And she said, no, darling, tea. <laughs> and I went, oh, sorry, I got it wrong. But I, I had a, an epiphany and when I was taking that mental break after the redundancy and I said to Corinna, look, I really want to explore this. I don't know where it's going to go or what I'm thinking, but let's explore it together and see where it takes us. And this is where we've wound up and it's just made me so happy. I think happiness is the thing that really comes to mind for me. Yeah. And, and also, I, so I'm a bit more of a creative and I've got lots of ideas and, you know, I'm, I'm busy in my, my own business with that. So I knew I couldn't do it, but I wanted to do it because I could see where it could go and 
that great opportunity of this bottle that you could take to a party and, and you know, something that you could drink when you didn't want to drink. You just needed Joe to walk in the door and be made redundant. Yeah, I needed Joe. I needed Joe. And it was staring us in the face, you know. And it was never about, oh, I've got to help my mate out. It was it was like because she's from a corporate background, she's used to being very accountable and she researches everything. So she had that real kind of th- that rock. The business backgrounds you both have means that you're, you're not going to waste time on something that doesn't work and you have the right analytical skills to sort of say, you know, are we, are we indulging ourselves here? Or is it actually going to work? Yeah. Karina, I want to talk about your business because it's been so successful, Bells at Coop Care, and then you say the family have a hospitality business in the Hunter. But through COVID, you guys were pretty smashed like everyone else, I presume. We were. And I mean, it was really scary when, because our business is 24-7. So hotels are very interesting. We don't finish work and go home, our guests are staying with us. So, you know, if we lose power or whatever else it might be, the first thing that pops in, we don't think about home and how we are. We think, God, how are our guests? And so you live and breathe it. The restaurant's open seven days a week, even Christmas Day. And to suddenly have an empty hotel and an empty restaurant was very devastating. So for me, I, you know, my husband and I basically just said, what's the worst thing? okay, we lose everything, we go broke, we still love each other, we'll get jobs, you know, we've got family, friends, we'll be okay. So once we sort of accepted that, then we could get busy doing what we could do. And the big thing for us was that we were baking bread every morning anyway, because we'd always had breakfast uh, and pastries. And were the local community supportive at the time? Because you're, you're an icon in the region. Oh, thanks. Well, you are. You are. <laughs> It was the community support was insane. And I think we were a hub at that, at that time. And so there were queues out the door for our bread and pastries. So we just did, we just sold what we could sell. And then we started doing hampers and having fun with it, you know, changing the style every week and coming out with, you know, a French one and called it the Frenchie. And I don't know, Queen's birthday was Lilibet. And so those were walking. It was an absolute logistical nightmare because it wasn't really what we do. And all of a sudden, we were creating boxes of stuff. What did you learn about yourself and your relationship with your husband, because you run the business together? I, I just think resilience, you know, determination. It, it was like, no way are we going down over this. You know, we, we are going to make it. And so we fought really, really hard through that period. And we, our team were, oh, my God, I, I would walk into reception and Meg was there just crying our you know she's our hotel manager and she just said I can't even hug you and I said darling are you all right she said I'm worried about you I'm like we're fine (laughs) don't worry about us we're fine and we're all going to survive so we were kind of doing videos and things to everybody that was stuck at home saying bells will survive and you know our customers were incredible too but you've got a full-time job. You're hands-on. So is it kind of up to you, Joe, to run the emerging business and, and find those markets? I mean, you're about to be the master tea maker. The day-to-day sits with me and Corinna and I collaborate on everything, of course, and, you know, the, the buck stops with both of us. Yeah, the day-to-day doing all the, the operational side of things is left with me, which I love, and that's probably my strength. So it works beautifully in our partnership. And, you know, I really lean on Karina for that more creative side and, and keeping me 
not honest, but keeping me energised, I think, because I am on my own. But what's it like launching, you know, this product? And obviously, I think it's a great concept. But, you know, Australia's become a very coffee-centric society. So you getting any pushback or are people just remarkably surprised and, gosh, never thought of it? Yeah, let's try it. I think remarkably surprised is a beautiful way of describing it because we talked about disrupting the tea world and we, we kind of went, that's a little harsh. We, we, we're not here to disrupt it, but we're here to actually teach people about the nuances of tea and, and how good it is for you and, and those health benefits, but also how it brings communities together and it can make you feel good. I actually wrote a blog on green tea and just changing things up for Feb fast and, you know, switching out a coffee a day for your green tea and how to brew it and whatever. And I was wondering how people might react to that particular blog. And I got some really great feedback and, and I've had to do it. I've had to think about, okay, what am I doing and what am I doing to my body and putting in my body daily? And I've switched things up and I'm, I'm much better for it. I look different. I feel different. And I think that's really important. That's what we want to give to people. That is, I think, for me, my big, my purpose is to show people that it does work. Please believe us. We're not just saying it so you buy our product. Buy somebody else's product, but, you know, switch to, to leaf tea and, and feel what we're feeling and, and how we feel about it. Karina, one thing I wanted to touch on was your journey in terms of your own confidence. Now, as a business owner of Bells, you exude a lot of confidence because you're a successful businesswoman. And yet a couple of years ago when it came to International Women's Day, you revealed to me a vulnerability and really a timidity around the day about being the MC. Can you tell me what happened then? Well, I didn't really want to be the MC because I didn't think that I could do it. I was very, very scared. I actually approached another friend and said, could you do it? And she was sort of like, really? I, I don't feel good about this. But I had to have a good hard look at myself and go, you know, I've gone through COVID. I've gone through a couple of lockdowns. I thought I was doing so well mentally in, you know, doing all of these great things like bushwalking and meditation and all sorts of things. And and then all of a sudden I was back here at this place where I didn't think that I was good enough to be MC. But, you know, I'm 57 and I own a really successful business and yet my anxiety was was crippling me and stopping me from doing what I could do. And, yes, we bumped into each other. Before my International Women's Day at Bells, we, we bumped into each other at your International Women's Day and you basically gave me that advice, just be yourself. And so that's kind of what I did. But when I did do the speech, I was very vulnerable. And I told my story and I said, I've just thought because, you know, I, I don't have an MBA and I don't have that university background that I've just been mean to myself about that. And I think as women, a lot of us are, you know, we've got a friend that doesn't think she, she has the MBA and she's very, very successful. She doesn't think that she's good enough because she hasn't had children. You know? So it's voices in our head that hold us back. Totally, totally. So that, that was, it was a pivotal, I've got to do it again, but I'm a bit more relaxed about it this time and because I do realise I've just, I've got to get up there and do those difficult things because there's an opportunity to inspire other people, you know, in the room and young people. I mean, my daughter was there and in tears and my staff you know the the female management team were there and and they were in tears because they didn't know that I suffered from anxiety 
I think what's lovely about your story is you both have revealed a lot of vulnerability in terms of coming together and sharing dreams and aspirations, you know, on those bushwalks where you, Joe, were dealing with your redundancy and Karina, you were dealing with your anxiety and yet you still had a dream for Buds and Beads and you thought, well, why not us? Yes, and I think, it, you know, what we're doing at the moment is about healing as well. It's about allowing each other to be our true selves and call each other out a bit and go, you know, you can be better than that. And that's an absolute privilege, absolute privilege. And Joe, you mentioned that Karina did call you out a couple of times and that forced a bit of a rethink. It did. I think for me, it was a bit of another kick in the guts and, and that those feelings around not being good enough, they come around again. But the beauty of, of our relationship and our partnership is that respect and, and love and, and honesty with one another is really important for the success of the business and also, you know, to help us in our healing that we, we talk about to make us better, not necessarily better people, it, it, that's not it. It's more around a better version of ourselves or, you know, moving away from the old us into a new brave person. Some of our audience may be starting their own business. What's the best piece of advice you'd give them if they were starting out just like you recently have in this second or third incarnation of your career paths? Yeah, because, I mean, we've, we've had Bells for 15 years and we've gone through so many different things. I honestly think you have to have a very clear vision and you just don't look sideways. Just keep going. Just keep plodding, you know, and be patient but determined. And I wonder, Karina, because you sit back out of the business and as much as you are a huge part of it, Joe's doing the day-to-day, -day, does that give you that perspective and is that sometimes what the rub is? Like you're so far down the tunnel, Joe, that Karina will say, hey, what about this? Don't take it personally, which, you know, you've learnt not to. It's part of finding that relationship that works for the two of you and for the business that you're involved in. Yeah, I think it's understanding each other's strengths, mm. first and foremost, and then having gratitude for someone bringing something else to the table. And it happens to be someone who loves and respects me. So woohoo for me, you know, it's not some CEO or executive, co-executive that's, you know, bringing ideas. It's, I, I have this person in my life, in our business, that is bringing all this amazing creativity and sometimes a, a little bit of criticism or, you know, not criticism, but, but more encouragement around how we can do things better. Yeah, and just a questioning. Yeah, how grateful am I? I mean, I, I have to be grateful for that. I think, um, you know, we've all worked with people who will steal your ideas or claim them. Sounds to me like you two just share the title. Oh, totally. I mean, that's what's so nice. You know, there's no point scoring. We're not interested. We don't need to. We trust each other. I mean, there was what I rang Joe the other day because we were posting a little video thing that I did about one of the teas. And I'm going, Joe, I, I look like crap. I, I hate it. I, ha you know, I, I didn't realise I looked like that. And she went, you know, I'd always have you back. You know, I would never put you out there if I didn't think it looked good. And it was just so nice to hear that, that, you know, she's that mate. That it's, once again, the noise is in my head going, oh, my God, I can't believe you look like that. But to Joe, you know, if she says I'm okay, I'm okay. We are our own worst critics, aren't we? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important that we, we trust the people around us that, you know, giving us that encouragement and saying you are great and really taking that with you in, in everyday life as you walk along because... 
I think she's incredible. You know, the, when she talk, when Karina talks about anxiety, I don't see that in her. I'm respectful of it, but I don't see it. That's what good friends are for, aren't they? Yeah. You know, my good friends, exactly. Just tell me to zip it, you're dreaming, or, you know, you're just being silly. I mean, we, we all, we're all human. We have weaknesses and strengths, as you say, and identifying that in a partnership must be the arguably the most beneficial thing you can do for each other for the success of the business. Well, I mean, I, it gets back to what you said that day, which is be yourself. I do have those moments where I go, is this me? Yes, it is. Now I have to be strong about this. You know, I have to back myself. And so if you can just stay with authenticity, I think you can't go wrong. <laughs> Thanks for being so authentic with us today. We have an array of women at Short Black over the years from all walks of life. And Karina, we'd met several times on International Women's Day, but we met at the end of 2022. And Joe, I met you at the same time. And you were talking about this buds and beads. And, you know, what I said to my producer, Ali, is I wanted you guys in because we celebrate women doing interesting and remarkable things. I think your story is two friends who have, a, you know, so much in common, but had a passion and then, and then a drive to kind of introduce something brand new to the market. It's an Australian first. We wish you all the very best. I think it's an incredible idea and a concept. Where can you get it? We can buy it online at budsandbeads.com.au. But yeah, look, the world's our oyster, so as I say, so we're hoping to get it out there so that it is more accessible. So you've got plans for a Piccolo 200ml bottle. Why that direction? What we're finding with the 750ml is sometimes for people it's a little overwhelming to buy a whole full 750ml bottle. So from a consumer and a, and a business perspective, we thought, well, let's introduce a smaller bottle so people can actually taste the product at an affordable price. And then, you know, if they love it, then they go on to bigger. It probably works well at an event, the little piccolo. Yeah. Any plans for anything else? We're talking at the moment to a, a wine producer in the Hunter Valley who has a, a byproduct after wine has been produced and then either fermented off or... It has not yet been fermented, so it's when they crush the skins. That byproduct is only around five, what we call bome, which is a sugar measurement for, for, for grape juice, which if we turned that into a wine, it would only produce 5% alcohol. So instead of tipping that byproduct down the sink, which is normally what they would do, um, they've approached us and said, is this something that you could use in your non-alcoholic tea product? as another skew in your range. So we're looking at that this year, potentially to launch something next year. Well, I want to see buds and beads everywhere. I love what you're doing. Wishing you the best of luck. And thanks for coming here and telling us your story here at Short Black. Thanks. Thank you. You have been listening to Short Black, a Network 10 podcast. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.